This is A Voice, a podcast with Dr. Gillian Kays and Jeremy Fisher. This is A Voice. Hello and welcome to This is A Voice Season 7, Episode 6. The podcast where we get vocal about voice. I'm Jeremy Fisher. And I'm Dr. Gillian Kays. And we are back with Kate Bassett and her journey through vocal surgery and beyond. And we are just going to jump straight into the next part. So you were doing okay. Things had improved a lot. Yep. What informed the decision? Why did you go for the vocal surgery? Right. Okay. We'd gotten to a really good place, but when we were looking at the... um you know, the image of my vocal folds, there was still a bit of a loose edge to to the, ah, I always get muddled on which side it is. That's a good thing, though, that I'm not sitting here going, what's this side? Um, and uh, it was, a, it, let me get this right, it was a pseudo, a pseudo cyst. Yes. So it was left, left over. So where I had, um, you know, had sort of had that hard sort of bump from the bruise from that, that initial hemorrhage it hadn't healed completely it was loose it was loose and it wasn't going to go back <laughs> we weren't going to get that straight image um that we wanted on the screen yeah so the um, edge of the vocal folds where they have to meet on the mucosa it wasn't straight so we had this you know pseudo cystic bump yes. if you like which i think yeah. was probably from some scar tissue or that you know the incomplete healing um, which yeah. had happened because, unfortunately, like many singers, you'd carried on singing instead of being able to um, take that seven to ten days vocal rest immediately. And, yeah. you know, that you are not alone by any means. And what was the effect? What was yeah. the effect of that? Right. Well, actually, so... Um... We talked about this. So I, I remember the conversation I had um, with my speech and language therapist mm. was that, you know, you can go back to work and there are plenty of people, there are singers across the West End that have this and they're working and their careers are in good shape and you're going to be fine. Mm. Um, however, you will get tired more quickly. You're going to be carrying it. Um, like a rucksack was the, uh, the analogy. Yeah, um, nice. And we... And, you know, she said, we've worked hard, we've done so well, and we can get back to 100%. We can do that if you have surgery. <sighs> that terrifying word, you know, that you, no singer wants to hear. Mm. Um, but um, that was the only way that we were going to get back to, you know, 100% sort of healing. I just, I want to pick up that image mm. because it's so clear. Basically, mm. it's like being a dancer. You can do the whole routine. You can do all of the moves. You can sell it. But you're the only person in the chorus who is doing it with a rucksack on their back. Yeah. So you are having yeah. to work a lot harder and you're going to get tired much more quickly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking um, that, you know, you and I talked about this and, and like most singers who trust their, their teacher or vocal coach, you wanted to know if I thought you should have vocal surgery. Mm. Um, which, of course, is obviously out of my remit other than to support you. I mean, even though I'd, I'd seen the pictures of the vocal folds, it's I can't make that decision. Um, but one thing I knew was that in terms of what you used to do and what a musical theatre or, a, you know, a contemporary music singer needs to do, I knew that you didn't either were too afraid um, 
to sing with more muscle at the vocal fold level or that it mm. it wasn't going to you know work and of course now knowing that the you know the edge of the vocal folds was a bit bumpy of course that would always be problematic and that therefore for you to get back to the full function um it might need surgery and i wanted you to get back to that full function so you i encouraged you to get a second opinion and i would say this to any singer if mm. you're in doubt about um advice to have surgery no matter how much you trust that clinical team you were working with and they were great mm. um mm. get a second opinion just to get another viewpoint and that's what you did yeah. isn't it Yeah and that was a huge huge thing for me. Mm. It was um you know it you just need that information and um like you said there was never a question of trusting the people that I was working with mm. um but um it just opens out that 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 sort of visual that you've got you you just you could take all of that in um because it's something you just can't take lightly. Um and there are risks and you know we 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 discussed the risks mm -hmm. so uh, it's just something i recommend and, and this is something as well that i think is really important that um there is expense you know when you're doing these when you're going on this journey when you're you're seeking out advice when you're seeking out people's time it costs money yes. um but this is this is a long term thing yes so you've got to think long term and that second opinion um was just such a great great invest in just making me feel comfortable with what I was going to do. Yeah. Um, yeah, because it was a clear yes from them. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. And it made me feel comfortable because I knew uh, both the clinicians concerned and the uh, speech and language therapist is a friend of mine. So yeah. I think I shared with you, I hope I did, I imagine I would have done, um, that I had a quick chat with her and I said, you know, I gather you all think, and she said, without question, mm. she needs it, she should do it. Mm. And right. that yeah. set my mind at rest. Um, and Kate, just as a little diversion, you're talking about financial things. Yeah. You had help from the wonderful Help Musicians organization. Right. Can yeah. we give a little shout out for them? Absolutely. This this is such a big part of um you know why I'm why I talk about my uh, my journey. Um you you know Help Musicians were amazing. You know, we my my husband now and my now husband and I we sat down, we had a meeting. And we told them, you know, what had happened, who I was and they said, "We're going to take this on." And what do you mean we're going to pay for everything <laughs> the surgery all your appointments your physio they took took me and they they financed um everything it's so important again that singers know that this is out there this is what's available to us if yes. we if we're full-time working singers um there's so there's so many resources available and i don't again i think as much as we're not clear on what injury means i think we're also not clear on um you know the community that's there to support you yes. so important and we'll yeah, put a and we'll so put a grateful. link to help musicians in the in the notes so that people can yeah. go and find out about them because they fund yes. not only singers but other musicians yes. to take them back to health which i think i think yeah. is wonderful um Should we talk a little bit about what happened post surgery and um you know mm. um oh do you know what I'm going to ask you how long was the period for you from the surgery Hang on hang yeah. on a minute oh, I no. think you're jumping I am jumping yes okay 
I want to know how it felt to go through surgery. Yikes. Okay. Oh, wow. Okay, yeah. That was, oh. So one of, oh, there's so many things. Um, Just the risks. Um, Julie Andrews has mentioned. Yes. Now, I've got to say, Julie Andrews is my childhood icon. I remember it being on the news when when she lost her voice as a result of surgery. I could tell you where I was watching the news with my parents. And I was young Kate was absolutely devastated. And he said, you know, this happens. I think the the number was one in one in one hundred. Um, you know, it can happen. And so that was a big fear for me that even, you know, with somebody doing a great job that things do go wrong. So that was on surgery, that was probably at the top of my mind. Yeah. Um, another risk was teeth and my <laughs> mine are quite big. <laughs> so they said they can get broken, yes. um, especially if they're, if they're larger than normal, which apparently mine, mine are. But as you can see, um, I came out in one piece, both vocally and dentally. <laughs> <laughs> I never thought I would hear a sentence quite like that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I have had the privilege of watching a laryngeal operation, so I understand why the teeth are an issue. Yeah, that was, you know, obviously I was more worried about the voice, but I thought, oh, you know, how am I going to wake up, you know? And um, this is one of the really hazy memories that I have. And and again, there was anaesthetic involved, so it might not have happened. Um, But as I was sort of coming to, uh, you know, um, my surgeon said, look, great success and there was an image you know that this is what we've done you know and so I just remember being um yeah just waking up and sort of so slow but knowing you know, what am I waking up to and it was good news which was you know that's oh, nice. wonderful and yeah. actually there's yeah. another aspect which was a spin-off of the vocal surgery which you know when you and I were chatting informally the other day um I hadn't realized which was the surgeon said that Um, through the surgery they were able to take a really deep close look at what the problem was and therefore and that's a kind of close look that you sometimes can't take in any other way can you remember enough to tell us a bit about that yeah yeah actually thank you for reminding me because Mm. um you know, we, that was another thing about should I or shouldn't I have the surgery? And, and I, f- I forgot that important detail, that that was another way of getting that information. Mm. Um, you know, that is the the best way, actually, that you can really find out what you're dealing with at sort of vocal fold, layer by layer yes. level. Yeah. Yes. It's the closest close up you're going to get. Yes. OK, so what happened after the surgery? After the surgery. Oh, right. So, um I had one week of complete voice rest. And as you know, I love complete voice rest. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, no talking. And that was purely because because of the surgery, obviously constant contact means that you can't heal. So it was it was just to make sure that, you know, that I could heal. Yeah. And then I was a bridesmaid in that time, which was fun. <laughs> I can't imagine going you to a wedding. And not saying yeah. anything at all. Oh, brilliant. Yeah. Absolutely yeah. brilliant. And yeah. then what was the first step once you started talking? I mean, did, were you given particular instructions or did you not talk until you'd been back to um, the clinic and they checked everything was okay? How did that yeah. work? Yeah, so again, don't don't speak until you've seen us. Um, get that image, take a look. Uh, very positive outcome again. And then... Um, 
you know, that gradual, because of that, that voice rest and the tension that comes with it, mm-hmm. you know, gradually easing back in. Um, but I think what's um, important to mention here is that my road to recovery after surgery was quite short. And um, my speech and language therapist said, you're not going to take as long to recover from this because you've already done so much of the work pre-surgery. So actually we were able to bounce back quite quickly and I'd already learned a lot of the steps and and my body knew the direction it was going in. So we were sort of jumping through those, those little milestones quite quickly at that point. So to get from surgery day to a comfortable, healthy voice, um, we were looking at three weeks. Wow. Which was That's really quite short. fast. Doesn't yeah. that show? Because, yeah. they're, they're, um, you know, they say um, in the clinical world now that having the habilitation period before surgery can mm. be super important, mm. particularly for voice surgery. I want to pick up on something yeah. again, which is a week's voice rest. Mm. But a week's True. voice rest after vocal fold surgery, you expect it to be weeks or months, and, and yet that was enough. And three yeah. weeks to functioning speaking voice, yeah. that is amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. And these things were surprising to me. I had no idea that the voice has a wonderful ability to heal itself. Mm-hmm. Um, and he said one week from that sort of the, the sort of recovering from surgery, we don't know that. Singers do not know that, um, that when, when you're doing, doing everything correctly, step by step, that the voice, the voice is wonderful, wonderful um, he, healing properties. Mm. Um, yeah, which was news to me. Mm. I think the cellular regeneration of the vocal folds, that's my understanding, it, it's a very quick turnover time. Mm. So that yeah. if you do have that voice rest, it can heal quite quickly. Of course, it depends what's yeah. been done. You'd had the surgery, you'd had the week of silence, you'd had some of the exercises that you were then doing to get your voice back in. Mm. When did the singing mm. start? Yeah, when were you able to have a first session? I can't remember. Oh, I can't remember. <laughs> Oh, Roughly. and I wish if I'd known we were doing this seven years later, I would I would have kept a journal. Um, Ballpark figure. Uh, right. So I've sort of got, there were sort of two two timelines. So um, in terms of singing with you, I think we were given the green light quite early mm. to to work with you. And again, it's lovely when you've got um, practitioners practitioners that know each other because they obviously they trusted you. Mm. Um, that I would be in the studio yes. with somebody that wouldn't suddenly, you know, get me leaping before I could walk. Yes, mm. so absolutely. So that, that was, yeah. So with that kind of trust, I think we, I think we started quite early. So, um, ooh, and I think I was gigging, but again, planning, cautiously planning. <laughs> you just dropped that into the conversation. No, I think oh, I was yeah. gigging at the time, yeah. Oh. <laughs> Can you remember which month you had the operation? Right. I had the operation in mid-July. And one big date that I've got in my mind was that my full-time rehearsals for tour started in October. Um, So that's when I was back to full-time theatre, touring, rehearsals every day, singing. And I remember those rehearsals because I was cautious and I was really mindful of of what I was doing. So I definitely, that was the point at which I was a full-time working singer again. Yeah. And then that reminds me that you and I were already working in the August. Yes. And, you know, getting you, habilitating you towards that gig and that tour. 
And we used it as a text because it was something that I had already done. I had that muscle memory. Mm. Um, and so there was elements of low pressure. Um, I understood the workload. I knew what I was going into. So we, you know, working with that, that sort of knowledge of what it was going to be mm. and training up for that was great. And then within that time, there might have been some low-key gigs, you know, maybe something like an hour of singing at a care home or yeah. something like that, you know, just mm-hmm. keeping things ticking along, but mm-hmm. nothing where I would be forced to suddenly jump in um, before I was ready. I think yeah. the, the whole business of, yeah. of working on a show mm-hmm. that you already knew and that you already had physical experience of, there's, mm-hmm. a, there's a real yeah. positive there. There is also a negative, mm-hmm. which is you had a muscle memory for doing it with the voice pre-injury and now you were doing it with the voice post-injury post-surgery and so there would Mm -hmm. there would have been some uh ways that you would need to change what you were doing and I think that's the part of that is the being careful and being aware Mm. of what you were doing you were now much more aware of what you were doing and I was on it I was on that case um because it's something we talked about isn't it Mm. and it uh, was it it was during this period wasn't it that we talked about tour behavior which is everybody talks at breakfast. What should and I be coach. doing? And they're, all day, and yeah, in the rehearsal. They're, they're all talking yeah. to me on the coach, yeah. ambient noise. Yeah. So how did yeah. you handle that? What um, you know, tell people what, what we did. Oh, do you know what it's so funny, but we had, you know, I love you, Gillian, because you're so you tailor made everything to work for where I was going, where yeah. we were headed. Mm-hmm. Okay, we're gonna this is your breakfast warm-up. This is your warm-up for saying hello at the breakfast buffet. Mm-hmm. That's it. Just if you want to say hello before you're ready, before you've woken up. Mm-hmm. This is your yeah, that's your breakfast warm-up. You know, and then get when you get on the tour bus, it's it's perfectly okay. Put your headphones in. We talked about this. Mm-hmm. Go under, go underground, you know, um, kind of find ways of kind of economizing throughout the day with how mm. you use your voice. Um, and, and then, you know, maybe around sound check time, you know, sort of after lunch, um, that might be a good time to sort of start getting your voice ready for your sound check. Mm. And that was another thing, you know, not sometimes on a, just bad habits, but you might just throw your sound check out and then warm up before the actual show. But no, you know, warm up. When you've got time, if you've got an hour in your room, take your time, you know, make it a nice, relaxing part of your day. You know, enjoy it. Enjoy the ther- therapeutic things that you can do to help your voice be efficient. So, um, you know, starting with gentle humming in the shower mm-hmm. right at the beginning of the day and then maybe kind of a bit of time with your Dr. Vox. Uh, I have a Dr. Vox, by mm-hmm. the way. Yes. Um, you know, nice bit of massage and things like that. So, mm-hmm. um just looking at your day and deciding and making the decisions that work for you um, on how your voice is going to feel great by the end of the day um, and not forcing yourself to use your voice too hard and heavy before you're ready because then you start the day with some stress that, oh, my voice isn't quite right. I feel a bit tired. I've got to do a show tonight. That's not the best way to start a working day. You know, give yourself some time. Mm. That's um, I think I, I yeah. sort of said a lot there, but um, love it. No, I think yeah. it's. I think it's that's really valuable, and also having a cool down if you need it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Especially, particularly with that show, you know, I was singing quite a lot lower than my voice naturally sits, so I was sort of quite aware of of that as well. And um, 
not sort of gripping and, and that's really relaxing and un, unhooking all the time, unhooking and relaxing. Mm. We talked a lot about drunk Frida. Drunk Frida. Oh, did we? Okay, right. <laughs> do, you, do you remember that? That came back to me the other day. Yeah. Drunk, drunk Frida, drunk. Okay. I was very drunk. No, um, I don't, I'm not saying drink lots of alcohol to relax. It's not what I'm saying. Um, but just that feeling of just, you know, just so much easing of tension throughout your entire day, yeah. not just when you're in work mode, but mm. the whole day. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Love that. That's very interesting. I'd completely forgotten. <laughs> um, maybe now is the time to ask you, what has changed for you mm. as a result of having been through that experience? Because it's clear you are a very happy working singer now. It's, you know, this has been a really great outcome. But what's changed for you, apart from becoming a mum and getting married and all of that stuff? All of that stuff. Um, you know, I um, it was just a complete shift of priorities. Um, and I, I look after myself so much better now. I, um, I put myself first. And I think we're worried about doing that. I think we're worried about being seen as being divas, being, you know, difficult artists. And the opposite is true. If you're forced to do it, um, it just completely changes your outlook. Um, I'm not gig chasing anymore, as in trying to do everything. Mm. Uh, I've got a much better measured sense of what what is a balanced amount of you know, work, you know, my vocal load, my workload. Mm. Um, I've just come at it with new eyes and it forced me to do that. Um, but I have a healthier, healthier attitude now. And I'm, yeah, you're right. I am so much happier, which is why I'm desperate to tell people about my, my vocal injury. It's almost like a great thing that happened to me, which is a strange thing to say, yeah. but I feel that. Yeah. I think it's a wonderful I understand thing to that. say. Yeah, yeah. Mm. because it, it changes your mindset. It makes you look after yourself. It's a wake-up call. Do you think your yeah. career is better and that you're happier as a performer than you were previously? Would you say that? Absolutely. Mm. Um, my voice does more. It does mm. more. Mm. Um, I have artistic and technical freedom um, that I didn't have pre-injury. Mm. I'm not people pleasing anymore. It's not problematic. It's not problematic in the sense of um, I have. A, I, I'm. I'm probably more aware of of how I work and who I work with. You know, and not, not. You know, if a little red flag comes up, I think before I was worried that I would, I would be the person that might cause somebody else to raise a red flag, and then you realise no, I can look out for them too. I can look out for when somebody isn't looking after me as you know so it's um it's something uh oh it's hard to make it sound um like I'm you know not not being confrontational with that no. um it's just about looking at the relationships that you build and working out which ones are healthy yes. and good for you yes. and which ones aren't and it's also bringing in boundaries put, yeah yeah I was it, just going to say it's about boundaries it's bringing it? in boundaries yeah. to say I'm perfectly okay with this that you're doing but actually you've just stepped over one of my boundaries and I don't like the way that mm. you've just dealt with me so mm -hmm. can we change that please yeah 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 it's okay to change if it's not right you know change is good yeah. it's good you know um and I'm I, I'm so happy I'm so fulfilled it's because you know I I looked at what I wanted and I wanted a long career I wanted a longer term career um and if if anybody threatens that then it's my job to look after it 
Very good point. Beautiful yes. point. So I'm wondering if, I mean, you've already given so much advice to other singers, but if I would say to you, what is your advice to other singers who might be worried about their voice? What, what would you say to them? Okay, this has to come from, from my experience. Um, and it's the, the one thing that I, I did wrong. Um, stop. It's simple. Stop. If you're not sure, stop. Even if you don't need to stop, but you were cautious. You know, it, I could have stopped for 48 hours and I might not have had the journey that I had. And, uh, and the, the outcome was fine. You know, we, we, we recovered and we're great, but we could have done it in two days, <laughs> not the best part of a year. Um, seek help, get a visual. Mm. And if you're not sure, get that visual first. Mm. You need to see. And and we all do things where, um, you know, if you're on tour with other colleagues um, and, and every, people are probably going to try and put your mind at ease. And someone said to me, oh, I mentioned what had happened, that first impact. And so you just caught your throat, Kate. Don't worry about it. You probably just caught your throat. That happens all the time when we cough. And if if you're a singer that's looking for something you need some reassurance. You might take that and go, yeah, I'll take that. Um, and if that's wrong, you know, so um, the best thing you can do is to just shut out all the noise. It doesn't matter what your calendar says. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's irrelevant if, if, you're, if, if you put your career at risk. It doesn't matter if you've got jobs for the, the rest of the week. Yeah. It's, it's so, so easy. <laughs> You yeah. come and you come first. And what you're saying is if yeah. in doubt. If in doubt, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I think that's yeah. that's just so profound. It's been a pleasure. It's been an absolute pleasure talking to you, finding out so much more about your story. Mm. Thank you so much Thank for being you. on the podcast. Thank, oh well, yeah. as I said, I um it's so stories are important. I just if my story means that other people um, confront this and uh, face face these difficulties that singers face with some some hope, you know, there there aren't just horror stories. Is what I'm trying to say. Yes, thank so you. So thank you for letting me share my story with you. Yeah. It's a pleasure, and thank you to Kate for first of all being so open, and also for being very clearly an advocate for other singers. Yes. How can people find you? Do you mm. have a website? Do you have a Facebook? Do you have an Instagram? How can they find mm. you? Yes, I do. Um, so my name is Kate Bassett, double S, double T. Uh, and you can find my website. That's katebassettsinger.co.uk. Mm-hmm. Um, I am on Instagram um, at Kate Bassett Singer. Uh, and if you'd like to check out Gatsby's Jukebox, we're we're on Instagram as well, at Gatsby's Jukebox. And we are currently recording some arrangements that we'll be putting on Spotify soon. So it would be wonderful if people want to listen to and enjoy those as well. That'd Brilliant. We will put all of those links in the show notes. Mm. Thank, Thank you. you so much for being here. You're amazing. Thank yeah. you. Thank, Thank you, you for so having much. me. Bye. Thank you. Okay, bye. bye. This is A Voice, a podcast with Dr Gillian Kayes and Jeremy Fisher.